Welcome to The Culture Factor, where we talk to founders and influential leaders about company culture. We share stories from the C-suite that help executives engage their business from the inside and create a map to transform their culture. Because the truth is, culture eats strategy for breakfast. I want to thank our listeners for joining The Culture Factor and ask that you subscribe, rate, and consider leaving a review. We'd love to hear who you'd like to listen to next. And a thank you to our sponsor, Company Tribes. They have an app and a virtual experience to help keep your tribe together during difficult times like now and business as usual. How strong is your company culture? Reach out to Paul at companytribes.com. As the VP of Global Intelligent Automation at Spotify, Sydney Madison Prescott strives to foster a collaborative, open-minded environment. She's a 2020 Top 50 Tech Visionaries Award winner, and while navigating leadership in a tech company may seem like an easier transition in the new normal, Sydney still has to lean in on her past experience to propel Spotify's team to create a strong company culture. And she's here today on The Culture Factor. Welcome, Sydney. Thank you. I am very excited to be here. Hi, we're so excited to have you on here, Sydney. I am a huge Spotify fan and uh, last time we chatted, I know I gave you a laundry list of features that I would love to see in Spotify. But aside from that, uh, we are so excited to have you on and talk about uh, your unique leadership styles and the kind of positive culture that you've been building. So, um, Holly, are we ready to get into this? We are, actually. Um, so, Sydney, our first question of the day. Um, can you share with us Spotify's roots and the traditions and how it bolsters your culture? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, Spotify, this is a, a very interesting fact that most U.S. users do not know. Uh, the company was actually founded in Sweden. Uh, and that, that always comes as a shock <laughs> to our uh, U.S. Uh, customers. So, it was founded in Sweden. Uh, and by Daniel Elk, and it was a, a company that really began with the premise of understanding the gap between uh, the music lovers of the world who were really interested in starting to pursue how they could consume music from a streaming perspective, and the music entities, including music artists, uh, music labels, who were really interested in understanding uh, how they could provide their, uh, their artist music to consumers on this new kind of, uh, in this new world of uh, automated streaming services. And so the, the idea there is that Spotify really was created to provide value to both of those entities, right? To the music consumer, but then also the producers of music, uh, whether that was major music labels or independent artists. And this was the, was the first real foray into understanding the needs of both of those entities. Uh, and as we all uh, maybe can remember, there were other streaming platforms that really were solely focused on the consumer. Uh, and the, you know, those come to mind in the early days of uh, music streaming services. 
And as a result, there was a, a huge outcry from the music industry that the uh, the music that was being consumed uh, via the internet, there were there was no way for artists and the music label to actually recoup uh, profits, right? Which they typically would get from the sales of a CD or uh, uh, back in the day, a, a record or a cassette. So Spotify came into the industry with a very unique value proposition, which was bridging the gap of the needs between the music industry and artists and music lovers around the world. So that really was the premise of the company. And ever since then, it really has been, and, and also it's key to note that we have always been a, a digital first, uh, digital native uh, company. And that has been great because it, it has really allowed us from the from the early 2000s, uh, uh, beginning at the launch of the company, to really understand and provide uh, a high level of access to both music and now podcasts uh, on a streaming platform. So it's, it's really been great to see how the company has matured and grown as a result of really focusing on uh, a digital first a perspective of providing the the access to these incredible music libraries to music lovers around the world. I was just going to say that's such a great uh, back background to to Spotify, and I literally have a playlist. You're you're talking about these really robust databases of music, and my favorite thing about Spotify is the algorithm that serves me up new music. I literally have a playlist that says this is me. And it's got these songs that just resonate so much with me. And music is such a big part of people's lives. And, you know, Spotify did such a good job navigating early 2000s up to now. It's the music industry has gone through this really interesting metamorphosis where, yeah, you had to change from buying a CD to paying for a song on iTunes to now everyone's streaming. No one's really buying songs anymore. And so uh, I'm sure it's, there's a culture there of, of adaption. Um, but just kind of a fun question for you, Sydney, is I'm thinking about my playlist right now. What, what is the song? What's one of your favorite songs that we could all get to know you a little bit better from? <laughs> there are so many. So I, I like, I'm sure many individuals, I absolutely love music and it really truly follows me throughout my day. So I would, t I typically start my day um, listening to either a podcast or uh, just a favorite artist. And then as I transition through the day, it's really interesting. I, I start switching up my playlist <laughs> um, to, to really kind of uh, encapsulate my mood throughout the day as I'm working or um, as I complete work and I'm, I'm gearing up to go work out. And it's, it's great because I realize how, how much of a um, underpinning music is in my life. And I would have to say, if I were thinking of a song that really, that I love and that will never get old to me and that I always play as cheesy as it is, I would probably say uh, it would be, there's a Jay-Z and Alicia Keys song uh, oh. called uh, Empire the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's Where they one. sing about New York. Yeah, they sing <laughs> about New York and how great New York is. And every time I hear it, it just makes me, it makes me proud to live in New York. It makes me remember uh, why I came here and how, how exciting 
having a life and a career in New York is. So I would definitely say that is always my, uh, it's Empire State of Mind. That's always my go-to song. Uh, and I, I listen to it probably way more than I should. I'm sure uh, Spotify's <laughs> algorithm could probably tell you how many times I listen to it, but it just, it <laughs> just all really encapsulates like that spirit, that energy uh, that we have here in New York City. Yeah, you know, I, I like that um, Spotify offers you that opportunity to sort of jump back into the mood that you left. You know what I mean? Like it'll pick up where you left off type of thing. It'll show yeah. you what you've been listening to. And so I love that because, you know, it, it could take you right back to that place when you're like, oh, I was really like relaxing and jamming out to Miguel and um, I want to jump back into that playlist. And I love just being able to do that. It's right there. It's at the ready. Um, so I have to admit, I, I love those different features. And, um, you, you know, I, I have to just put that shameless plug out there, you know, the culture factors on Spotify, everybody. So... <laughs> It's <laughs> a great plug. Yeah. So, um, Sydney, I, I just want to, you know, there's an interesting little cultural piece that you took from the uh, Scandinavian roots of Spotify. And I was hoping that you could share that with the listeners. Yes, absolutely. So that is a, it's a very interesting uh, cultural piece that we've taken from uh, the Swedish culture, and it is called a fika, and that's uh, F-I-K-A, and a fika is a coffee break. Uh, typically, it can be between friends, it can be between family members, it can be between peers, but it's really a time uh, in the in a, in a typical Swedish uh, fashion that peers and, and family members would, it's almost taking a break, taking a breather, uh, stepping away from the hustle and bustle of uh, the, you know, the daily comings and goings of our life. And just, just having a moment to almost sit uh, and reflect. And quite often, the Vika, it, it doesn't have to be if you sit with peers. That doesn't necessarily mean that that conversation will be about, let's say, uh, key objectives or, or different projects that are going on at work. It's really a, a time to uh, for collaboration and also a time to, to, to bring in that really that human connection aspect uh, of being able to to have a short conversation and a moment almost away from the list that we're making, right, of the priorities that we have to get through in a given day. And it's really wonderful to see how that tradition uh, has been carried out at Spotify, where we do uh, have speakers between team members, between teams, uh, between a, a leader uh, and their direct reports. And it's really great because it, it, it provides a touch base, uh, a space for us to come together and to really get to know each other better, uh, understand the ways that we think, the ways that we operate. And it's very refreshing. It's, it's almost that, that level of human connection that we can often forget as we walk through uh, the corporate landscape. And I, I think it's very critical, especially uh, in today's times with you know COVID and the different things that we are we are having to to uh, go through as a as a whether it's in the U.S. or around the world. Um, it's it's just so refreshing to have a, a quick moment to to step away and to remember that reconnection with those around us is a is a very important important key element of our lives. 
That's that's really incredible, and I think it's um, we lose sight of how powerful coffee break can be, not just from the caffeine. Uh, do you have a favorite coffee? <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I am obsessed with my Keurig, and I typically always go for the uh, kind of like the vanilla or the hazelnut uh, pods. But then if I'm not at home, it's always Starbucks. So <laughs> it's either. Starbucks on the go, or it's a Keurig at home. <laughs> All right. So not exactly a professional question that I asked you, but just had to know. Um, <laughs> um, as you uh, grow your strategic North American team, what factors are playing into the success of that? Quite a few. So the first that I would say is, how do we ensure that we maintain that collaborative spirit? between, uh, so my team sits within the technology side of the firm, and we are really looking at ways to ensure that we have a true collaboration between our business stakeholders and the technical, uh, the more technical aspects of what we do. And that is uh, heart and center of every effort that we, that we uh, begin to work through is how are we ensuring that this is truly a collaboration. How are we ensuring that we do not make any assumptions of what the potential pain points of the business are? And how do we ensure that the way that we define value uh, of our outcomes, that those are values that the, our business stakeholders agree they are also reaping as well? So that's, that collaboration is absolutely essential to uh, really ensuring that the business value we assume that we provide as a technology enablement team truly is the business value that is realized from the stakeholder perspective. And, and I, there's a lot that goes behind that in terms of uh, the challenges that we face as a, as a technology team. And traditionally, there are, we have those silos. We have those silos of it's technology enablement or it's uh, business, uh, business outcomes, right? And there's always that, that very strong feeling of silos. And right. in our collaboration, our goal really is to ensure that we are combining these together because the business aspect and the technology component, those together or what make Spotify successful. So we really have to ensure that we, we get rid of the silos and we think of ourselves as uh, a technology enablement team that is extremely astute in terms of uh, understanding business value, business objectives, uh, and how we would actually flow through those business workflows. Um, so that collaboration piece is, is very key. And I think another piece is really when we look at the ways that we are walking through our creating the landscape within Spotify for uh, really, I would say it's more intelligent automation, which is going to be that uh, robotic process automation piece uh, combined with optical character recognition, which you see a lot with, with documents and being able to have computer vision to read documents. And then also that machine learning aspect uh, where we start to produce, be able to uh, create predictions, uh, be able to really mine through data. So combining all of that together 
is also in having a vision, a really a strategic vision, I think, is very, very key to our team's success as we start uh, building out and maturing the Robotic Process Automation Center of Excellence. We want to make sure that we have a, a strategic vision that we can uh, almost our North Star to point to, and that as we walk through our daily, our weekly, uh, our, our monthly, and our quarterly goals, we are always referring back to that strategic vision of what does it look like to truly enable Spotify's employees through the use of intelligent automation. So I think mm -hmm. collaboration, strategic uh, vision, um, and then of course, innovation, right? Uh, I am a very, very firm believer in uh, creating and maintaining a very innovative team and an innovative team spirit uh, within intelligent automation. And that comes down to everything from uh, the individuals that we are looking at to bring onto the team because of their expertise, their willingness to tackle big, big uh, kind of uh, enterprise level problems. But then it also comes down to ensuring that the team understands that we never look at the business challenges that we face uh, from our stakeholders that our stakeholders are pushing to us, we look at those in a very limitless way, uh, meaning the way that we can tackle those challenges and successfully de deliver value. Uh, we always think of ourselves as thinking outside of the box. We, we, I love to say, you know, we don't have a box. There is, don't think outside of the box, think there is no box, right? So that really expands our understanding of what can we focus on? How can we bring this project to life if there are no limits and there are no uh, caveats to what we can potentially do and achieve? What would we, how would we design this solution? And it's incredible when you work from that perspective, uh, what you can achieve, uh, the, and actually the amount of buy-in that you can achieve from your stakeholders and even what you can even uh more importantly, what you can deliver, right? The value that you can deliver back when you see every single uh, business opportunity at an enterprise level as uh, limitless in terms of your ability to create a viable solution to resolve that problem. Mm -hmm. You know, Sydney, it's, it's, you, you're kind of, when you, when you bring up the topic of innovation, I mean, that, that can bring a lot of pressure to it. You're, you're literally designing a brave new world. And I love how you're talking about breaking down silos. And if you're tasked with being innovative as a team, I, I'd love to dive into that for a second, because aside from Spotify, your personal career and your leadership, um, you, you, you love focusing on this aspect of innovation. And I'd say you're an innovation expert in terms of uh, bringing that out from a team perspective. So can you give our audience a little bit of, you know, if, if you want to create this culture of innovation and break down silos inside of it, um, and considering your position where you are working with developers, you're working with the strategic vision of the company, you're that bridge, what are some things that you found that help your teams feel connected to that strategic vision and create innovation? Absolutely. That's a great question. I, I would start with remembering that we are a team and I, as a senior leader, I am only as good as the team that I am a part of. 
And that is really the, the foundational structure of the way that I approach team building, which is we are truly a team. We each bring something unique, a unique element to that uh, mindset of innovation. We each have a unique uh, perspective in terms of even what we believe encapsulates uh, innovation and creativity and spontaneity. And to think from that perspective, we really start to gain a better understanding of how each team member plays an integral part in the overall success of the team. And as I've built out my teams, uh, they, they typically are global teams. We, we may have individuals that are sitting in the UK. We may have, uh, right now we have team members that are uh, over in Sweden. And we truly blend that team together by realizing the strength we have due to our individual uh, talents, our individual perspectives, and also our individual uh, knowledge bases that we've built up, uh, as it, whether it's in uh, just traditional IT practices or in the, uh, the more advanced uh, technology capabilities that are, that are a little bit newer uh, and, and a little bit more niche, like robotic process automation or artificial intelligence. It's really about pulling individuals into the team who have that level of expertise and then really leaning on them. A very, very big part of what I do as a senior leader in technology is empowering my team by ensuring they understand the level of trust that I have in the skills that they bring to the table, uh, also in their individuality and their uniqueness uh, as a technologist and ensuring that I shine a light on uh, making sure that everyone on the team realizes that they are an integral part of our overall success. And I think that is absolutely critical to building a team that feels empowered uh, and, and also just a team that feels passionate about what they do. Uh, I think it's very easy to fall into a mindset that, uh, you know, you're going through your day-to-day -day duties, you have uh, your, your typical roles and responsibilities, you have your deliverables, and it can become quite routine. So allowing the team the ability to be creative, allowing the team a bit of time to work on passion projects that excite them uh, and excite their curiosity as a technologist, but, the, but being able to leverage those same uh, processes and those same projects to really build out the strength of the center of excellence, I think that's where you, you find that you can build a world-class uh, intelligent automation team and, and technology team. Um, and, and then even further, it's also about uh, mentoring and giving back into your team. Uh, I love to guide my teams in different exercises where, uh, again, we are really truly envisioning solutions without limits. We're, we're ensuring that we don't place limitations on ourselves as individuals and a part of the team. Uh, we're ensuring that we don't place limits on the team as a whole and how we function and how we go about completing our day-to-day -day tasks. And as a result, it, it really does create uh, a sense of unity as a team. It creates a sense also of personal accountability for the way that the team can successfully execute on these. Uh, as I said, sometimes the, the more innovative we get, 
it, there can be a challenge with understanding where the benchmarks are if you are walking down uh, a path where no one has been before. So as you create those benchmarks, it is critical to have a team uh, beside you and walking with you and working with you that understands it's okay to that we're we're creating basically our own destiny in a sense uh the way that we are forging ahead and that we can lean on one another even though we may not have you know maybe industry specific industry benchmarks or specific uh benchmarks within our different business functions to point towards we really turn that focus on ourselves um, and our understanding and our knowledge as experienced technologists to really guide and hone the path of execution uh, towards these these enterprise level initiatives. You know, Sunia, you have the background in the robotic process automation and AI, so um, that must have been really um, advantageous as you start to build out your development team and your relationship with them because you have like a culture within a culture. You know, you have your your team and they're all part of Spotify, but. Um, so you're always nurturing and it sounds like you're aiming for this digital transformation um, and really keeping things open for all the people that work for you. Have any of these passion projects or um, this culture that you've developed in there, has it created any new standards? Has it uh, changed anything that you might do going into the new normal for, for Spotify? It, it has. So we, we are in that journey uh, as we speak. So we, we're walking down the path of how do we create this incredible movement within Spotify where we focus on empowering our internal stakeholders, uh, agnostic of business function, to really leverage uh, robotic process automation and really the the entire intelligent automation stack to ensure that we are as efficient as possible and that we are really allowing our internal stakeholders to spend their time on more value-add projects and deliverables for Spotify as a whole. Um, and that's a very, very big initiative, right? Because we are literally talking about fundamentally changing the way that we work as Spotifyers. And that's a, a very big uh, deliverable, a very big goal. And we're stepping towards that by working through one business function at a time, by truly allowing ourselves time to understand the nuances of the business processes, uh, the reliance that the, the firm has on the different business processes. And then we're looking at, okay, if this is a process you know, that has to be completed with a specific amount of time, how can we shorten that time and how can we give that time back to the business so we can ensure that those stakeholders, those very same stakeholders can now dedicate time to data analytics. They can dedicate time to uh, more client focused projects and initiatives. So it's, it's all about thinking through this digital transformation in a very phased approach uh, because also that, that understanding and acknowledgement of you know, this is change, right? At its at its core, this is fundamentally cha going to change the way that we work. Um, and as humans, we do have a little bit of a um, how can I say it? We, we're always a little uh, shy whenever we start to change, right? Things that we're used to and things that are, are quote unquote normal on a daily basis. 
So it's very important also to roll out this change in a phased approach to ensure that we manage the the human aspect of changing the way that we work internally. So we're we're very focused on uh, making sure that we have strategic alignment with our business objectives and also ensuring that at every step of the way we are iterating. I think it's absolutely critical to this digital transformation, iterating at each phase and, and looking back, we do a lot of reflection on what worked well, what didn't work well, what can we change? How can we enhance the way that we empower our stakeholders through this transformation? And that's absolutely key. Well, that would account for why you are one of the top 50 tech visionaries. <laughs> this is really great. <laughs> really wonderful. I, I really appreciate you coming on The Culture Factor. Um, it, this was really wonderful. I don't know, Paul, did you have any last questions for Sydney? Just a couple minutes left. But my last question would be, I think something really important that you talked about was being able to respect each other's strengths. So in my head, I'm going, are you creating a list? Does someone say, here's here, you know, if you, if you want to talk about this topic, you go to this person, how do you create that map uh, for your team members? I think it's really about the communication aspect and getting to know each other's strengths and weaknesses. So, and also empowering each other and trusting each other enough to share, right, to share our strengths and weaknesses with one another as a team. So it's, it's less of a, I would definitely think of it as very organic. Uh, it comes about in a very organic way uh, by ensuring that we have that trust factor uh, involved in every step of, of the process, whether it's meeting for team FICAs, whether it's talking through uh, specific key results that we're looking at in a given quarter, we empower everyone to bring their their full self to our meetings. We empower everyone uh, to remember that everyone has a voice and that everyone can be a, a contributor um, with and, and add significant value to any conversation, any project. Uh, there are no hierarchies. I think that's that's absolutely um, a key to the success of uh, that trust enablement as well, is remembering that we, we all have something unique we can contribute, whether it's uh, from our te technical expertise, whether it's from personal experience uh, in robotic process automation, but we, we definitely ensure that we give credence to everyone having a voice and everyone also just learning and growing every step of the way, no matter you know, what topic we're on, we all can learn something. Uh, and we all can strengthen ourselves as uh, intelligent automation experts in some form or fashion. Yeah, that's amazing when you can move away from the hierarchy and, and almost democratize what's happening in in the room. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to create that organic strength of, of identifying each other. So it's not very structured. I, lo I, love, I love that approach. I think that's some really great wisdom there. Well, Thank thanks you. for coming on, Sydney. This was great. Thank Absolutely. you, Sydney. Yes, absolutely. This was a pleasure. And I, I would love to join uh, you all again and dive deeper into uh, management methodologies and, and, you know, breaking through the glass ceiling and really, truly, again, no limits, right, on what we can do, what we can create, uh, and how we can advance our, our companies. That would be nice. Then that's part two on the culture factor with Sydney Madison Prescott breaking the glass ceiling in Spotify. I love that topic. <laughs> yes, that would be You're in. Topic. You're in, Sydney. We're going to do it. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect.